Welcome back to another episode of the Wits Up Women in Triathlon podcast. You know, people often ask me what Wits Up stands for, and they don't mean the deeper meaning of the vision behind Wits Up. They literally mean what does W-I-T-S-U-P stand for? Now, one thing that I've discovered when I developed this business is that a name is one of the hardest things to come up with, and I tried a lot of different names, but none was sticking. And then this Wits Up came to me, and I liked it because it tells you what the business is about in the acronym, but it also has a side serving of humor. So essentially, it is Women in Triathlon Sub, meaning, hey, women in triathlon, what's happening? What's going on? Where you at? What you up to? What is up? And so that's why I'm really enjoying producing these podcasts as they're such a great platform and opportunity for me to be able to show you another side to these professional women. This is a tough episode to introduce because the tangled web of tangents that Annabelle Luxford and I go on rival the adventures and explorations of Captain Cook. And I mention Captain Cook because even he comes up in conversation. So let's get stuck into my chat with Annabelle. But I forewarn you, actually, why is forewarn a word? You can't postwarn because that then negates the whole concept of a warning, right? I guess a post-warm would be the equivalent of, I told you so, I told you so. But anyway, that was another good example of yet another tangent. Now, the first part of this podcast was actually us testing out the mics, but the content was too funny to waste on the cutting room floor. So here we go. <laughs> Loves the sound of her own voice. Keep Test. testing. 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 You've got quite a low voice. Testing. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Actually, when I thought I had, well, I didn't know whether I had throat cancer, nodes, or yeah, I think it just turned out to be thrush in my on my vocal cords, which sounds a little bit disgusting. But <laughs> take note, asthmatics, if you don't rinse your mouth after um, your puffers, you can get that. But, yeah, my Is voice right? really changed. Huh. Yeah. It was a bit concerning. It's much better now. But do you remember me when it was like I'd lose my voice all the time. It would be really raspy. Yeah, and it would sound like I was a teenage boy and it would break. <laughs> and then you have to you had to do um Yeah, like, I had to do like speech yeah. uh, exercises, but I never did them. I just took the medication which seemed to clear up the what may have been thrush. I don't know, <laughs> I haven't gone back. I guess I could have throat cancer and don't know, but my health general health seems good, so I think it's okay. <laughs> I, I love that I'm actually recording this bit that we can use for bloopers. Can you just, can you say thrush one more time? Thrush. Yes, I've suffered from thrush in my throat. It's not from anything filthy. It's just from not washing my mouth after asthma puffers. Actually, just on that, I was told that uh, dentists, well, they, they love athletes, especially triathletes, because they, they have got bad teeth because of the amount of sports drink mm. that we have. So maybe, yeah. Sports drink and you always have a dehydrated mouth, which <laughs> I think decreases the uh, um, the saliva, which then you can't neutralize plaque acid. Actually, I think I just took that from a commercial. <laughs> I really don't know that much about dental hygiene or bad teeth. I don't care. This is hilarious. <laughs> This is the best introduction to a podcast ever. Okay, official podcast starts now. Okay, so Annabelle, commonly known as Bella though, right? 
Yeah, commonly known as Bella. But before we get to that, am I meant to have headphones too? No. Okay. It's just so that I can... <laughs> Do you want headphones? No. Yeah. I just I just thought maybe I should have headphones, but it's okay to not have some. I feel... Okay, I'm going to think of that for next time. Okay. Do I look like an idiot with headphones on? No, I just thought maybe I was missing out. <laughs> <laughs> um. Now, the first two podcasts that we did were two of your close friends, Lizzie and Rinny. And, well, Rinny had massive news that she dropped on me about five minutes before we started our podcast. Um, both your friends are pregnant. Do you have any big news for us at all? I don't have any big news. Uh, <laughs> it does seem it's year of the baby for every triathlete in the world, aside from me. Uh, maybe a couple of others. That's a little bit egocentric, isn't it, really? I think there are some other non-pregnant triathletes out there. Uh, none that competed at Super League, but there are some. <laughs> I mean, well played. We did discuss earlier that we were going to talk about triathlon. Um, so I'm going to bypass that entire subject because that's a whole podcast in itself. Um, but moving right along, I'm glad actually to have someone on the podcast who isn't pregnant and who can sit here and have a drink with me. So... Cheers uh, to not being pregnant. Cheers. I think it's best if you're going to, uh, you know, speak to the World Wide Web you should do while drinking. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> everyone needs to just loosen up, really. Everyone's just a bit too uptight. Do you, they are. Do you think in triathlon a lot of people are quite uptight? Um, no, I think they're more relaxed than probably what people from the outside would think. I think most of the triathletes I know... Yeah. Uh, really pretty balanced and uh, definitely the professionals. And then I, th- I sometimes think, you know, I guess some of the people competing in the age group um, ranks, um, I, they would find it refreshing, I think, to actually see how some of the pros live their lives, just really pretty balanced. Well, well, that's one of the reasons I want to do this podcast is to showcase that the professional triathletes are actually pretty normal. Yeah, very normal. Well... Uh, I mean, normal. What, what's normal? <laughs> yeah, true. But um, you're pretty normal. I mean, this is my first Tuesday in uh, two and a half years where I haven't been working at my, uh, you know, corporate job. And I was pretty normal today. I took the car to the car wash and I got out and I actually cleaned it manually, you know, with the, the different brushes and, you know, you put your $2 in the slots and just <laughs> have a good go at the car. And it was fatiguing. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah. good to know. So, yeah, most of us are pretty normal. Um, <laughs> well, speaking of normal, it is a Tuesday night. You're having a drink and you're actually over at my or our place, I should say, um, and you've got the lovely Chef Breddy cooking for you tonight. So you can actually relax tonight. I know it is nice to relax and have someone cook for me. Um, last night I adopted the um, stereotypical female role. I thought, right, it's my... <laughs> First day at home from being at work, I'm going to do some ironing, I'm going to cook a meal for when Nick walks in. But yeah, I don't think that will last. And let's face it, I do have another job. It's true. I've actually, um, I've tasted some of your cooking and you're, you're pretty good in the kitchen. Yeah, I feel like my cooking is like my driving. It can be good if I want it to be good, but other times I'm just pretty vague. <laughs> actually, I'm going to get onto your vagueness later on. I've got a few notes here. Um based around some of your tweets, which are hilarious. But before we get to that, I've got a present for you. So, Oh, yes, I love presents. Yeah, I know. It's 
call it a bribe. I don't. I don't mind. If you had actually listened to our first two podcasts, you'd know that this is what I'm. This is what I'm trying. You know to what? Do. I'm just sick of hearing about Rinny and Liz. <laughs> Rinny and Liz. <laughs> I don't know if I'll listen to those two. Don't. But from this one forward, I'll definitely tune in. <laughs> okay, so the whole concept is I'm, I'm going to give each person, each one of my guests a present, and I'm hoping that at some stage someone catches on. And, oh, do you um, want them to bring your present? Yeah. Okay. But you bought me wine tonight, so you're good. No, all right. Yep, yep tick that box. You are good. Okay, so speaking of um, you finished up at NAB for seven – oh, sorry, National Australia Bank for seven, seven months. Seven glorious months. Excellent. Seven um, months of no hot desks. What? Explain a hot desk. Well, there's nothing really hot about a hot desk. Uh, I guess it's hot with uh, germs. I mean, everyone shares them in a very large organisation, but no. I mean, anyone who works in a sort of big company these days knows that sort of offices are things of the past, so you just usually have a locker and you keep your laptop and whatever else. I actually, in my locker, I noticed when I shut it for the last time in seven months, I had 22 cans of tuna in there. <laughs> I did check the expiration date and they will be good when I return. Oh, excellent. So can you just leave them there? Yeah, I left Excellent. them there. Uh, I also had five <laughs> pairs of undies in there. Um, uh, were they your own undies? They were my own okay, undies, good. clean undies, and yep. I left them there as well. Excellent. Um, often rushing to work and getting changed at work, you know, it's very easy to, you know, forget something, but you just always want to make sure. If you do forget them, you've got a spare pair. That's a top tip. When top I tip. Used to, yeah. Tuna and undies. Oh, God. It's, um, so many lines. She was chatting to a uh, friend... Actually, a friend of Wits Up Too, Rosie. Oh, yes. Um, the other day, and we were discussing this, and she said um, she keeps them in her drawer. I think this is oh, a previous job, and you know, she'd sort of panic a little bit when um, people would come sort of wanting to borrow a highlighter or a stapler, and she'd have to open the drawer, and they'd be <laughs> looking in and think, oh, why is this woman stashing underpants in her drawer? I can imagine that story coming out of Rosie's mouth as yes, well. Yes, <laughs> Rosie, very good triathlete and lovely person. She is. She's she's one of the best. Um, now let's get let's get back to this present. Now you've um, you've semi retired from from uh, office work for seven months, um, but I know one of the reasons you wanted to have a part time job while you're a professional triathlete is that you want you wanted something else more than just swim, bike, and run. You wanted your I guess your brains, not that triathletes' brains don't don't work when they're swimming, riding and running, but you wanted something else other than just that, I guess, to keep you balanced. Is that a fair assumption? Yeah, I did. Uh, I always like balance, but I'm also, I was born a warrior. Um, warrior or warrior? Oh, warrior. Yeah. Not warrior. <laughs> no, I don't think I was born a warrior, definitely. <laughs> uh, born a warrior and it did sort of play on my mind. Um, you know, I knew I wasn't. Clearly, I'm not a tennis player. I'm a triathlete, and um, I knew I'd have to have a job post triathlon. And it, yeah, it used to worry me, sort of wondering, oh, what am I going to do when I finish? And whilst I'd been fortunate to have been encouraged to sort of pursue an education and had done that, I still sort of lacked that um, real world or job experience. So yeah. that and the need for balance, and also being in a city that wasn't my home, mm. um, so at times feeling a little bit. Um, Oh, I guess sort of just isolated in that I didn't have training squads around me. That was all. That was the impetus for me to go and I guess get a three day a week corporate job. So now, why have you decided to stop that for seven months? Yeah, that's a really good.
good question that I, I thought a long time about. Um, yeah, I spent oh, a long time, a few months making the decision to, to stop um, working and ask for leave. Uh, I guess everyone, it's sort of funny, you think that a balanced life will, uh, yeah, bring you happiness or, um, yeah, is a positive thing. But, yeah, anyone who I guess is a high achiever and wanting to excel, I mean, I want to excel at triathlon and I also want to excel in the corporate world and it's just very hard to do both. And I found myself increasingly frustrated uh, just because I felt like I wasn't doing either one properly Mm. And also I was continually rushed. Um, I felt yeah. like I didn't have the time, you know, I didn't have the time to just give five or ten minutes extra to someone that I was having a conversation with. I, you know, I sort of joke about forgetting my undies, but when you're forgetting <laughs> your undies all the time, like, I, yeah, I just felt too stretched and it wasn't making me happy. And, yeah, the obvious one to sort of take leave from was my job at NAB. Yeah. Um, I can't be a professional triathlete forever not a spring chicken anymore which is a little upsetting <laughs> this was actually talking about not being a spring chicken as i crossed the line in new zealand oh <laughs> and i was a little bit sort of uh yeah i was disappointed i was definitely disappointed with how the race had gone and i'm yeah. running approaching the line and they said here comes annabelle luxford and she's 35 years old and i thought oh <laughs> so oh god really <laughs> i can't even play the card of young up-and-comer anymore yeah. <laughs> so yeah I this isn't a career I can go back to um yeah so I just wanted the time to probably recover more train more I haven't been training enough to sort of really compete against professional women in Ironman I've been training yeah. like a age grouper so yeah yeah that was why I made the change so so yeah I know that you you're you're not happy with um your iron distance results yet I know you're I know you're close but you haven't actually trained as a full-time professional triathlete whilst you've been racing the iron distance, have you? No, yeah. I um, started uh, I started sort of work at NAB maybe six months before I did my first Ironman. So I've never done an Ironman prep or an Ironman race as a full-time athlete. And I guess I'd only even done at that stage uh, one and a half sort of full years of doing half Ironman racing. And yeah. I, I think my half Ironman racing can definitely improve it's just that you know trying to combine both most of the time I'm tired so with the best intentions to do a session as planned sometimes I just can't get the quality out yeah so yeah this this is an exciting change it is excited it's an exciting change I've sort of I felt a little bit nervous yesterday uh apparently one needs 12 different interactions with people to stay mentally sane and I only got four yesterday Oh, so I'm on the mission to. I think I've, I think I have eight today, so yeah, right. I'm, I'm on the up. Okay, but I guess according to that statistic, my mental health still is in danger. So, yeah, I'm going to try and strike <laughs> up sort of some good relationships with some local businesses. I'm a big fan of Noisette, and I think I can just uh, get some more chatter with them each day. Cafe. So, yeah, cafe, yeah, yeah. patisserie. So that will that will count for one. And especially with having a bit more time, I do like to chat on the phone, so it'll be nice to have the time to call friends. So I think oh, nice. I'll eventually get to my 12. But I did clean the house windows yesterday. The last time I did that was <laughs> the week after Kona and I washed the car today and I did the ironing. You're killing it. 
I have procrastinated so far on the backlog of emails and just sort of triathlon admin, life admin, but we're only two days in, so oh, I think, I, think I can okay. get there. Yeah, you're doing all right. And just walking through the door tonight, you've spoken to, to me, Chef Breddy and, and Henry. Henry. Animals count. So they do? Excellent. I think I'm at nine. Oh, killing it. Killing okay. it. Back to the present. Yes, the so- present. <laughs> How did I forget? So, so this is just to keep your brain alert. Fantastic. This is your present. I don't wrap presents. This is your present because you're not going to the office. I want you to do one of these, let's say, yes. every 48 hours. So all of those people, they cannot see this glorious book in front of me. It is um, it's a, from the esteemed uh, Penny Press. And it's the classic variety puzzles plus crosswords. There's anagrams, there's double tree, brick by brick, logic problems. Obviously, I'd be good at the logic problems. Quotes and flower power. I'm really interested to see what's, uh, what the flower power one is about. It seems right up your alley. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So I definitely will not be, you know, I will be as sharp as a tack when I get back to, um, to NAB on my return date, which is actually... Funnily enough, the 31st of October, so Halloween. But I'll, I'll probably be smarter than when I actually left. I think so. You're welcome. Nab, you're welcome. Thank you, Steph. And <laughs> yes, Nab, you're going to be the ultimate um, winner from this book. I think so. And look, your other present is um, Chef Brady. Well, not you don't get him. Oh, I can't take him home. No, sorry. Otherwise, oh. I will. well, I'll starve and have no clean clothes and a very dirty house. Yeah, that's disappointing. I mean, yeah. I could stock your car with tuna and spare jocks, <laughs> but that will only do you for so long. Yeah. Um, did you play board board games as a kid, uh, or even as a, an adult? A kid and an adult, a little bit. Yeah, I probably wasn't. I think some some families enjoyed it more than ours did. Yeah, okay, it's not to say we didn't enjoy it, but uh. Yeah, it was hard to beat my mum at Scrabble. She was sort of a prolific reader and yeah, right. um, she was pretty good at that. So, yeah, I did like um, – what one did I love? I liked to go to the top of the class. Oh, okay. Yep, and yeah. doctor or operation. Doctor. Oh, the one that zaps you. Yeah, yeah the operation. one that zaps you. Yeah. Who doesn't love Monopoly? It's a – yeah. Jenga. Yeah, I guess I, I guess I would probably enjoy a number of board games. I reckon you'd probably enjoy them more now as an adult. I think I would. I um, yeah, and card games. Mm-hmm. Actually, talking about card games, I'm thinking about getting into uh, my Gambling fabulous uh, friend, ex housemate, the Irish Nettie. <laughs> she actually um, reads people's fortunes from cards. What? She does. How did I not know this? Well, you could come around sometime and get a reading. Okay, all right. So um, this is truly amazing when she told me that um, the thing that she made her decision when she decided to leave Ireland and move to Australia, she Skyped her friend's mother, who was an expert, uh, I think they're called card readers, fortune tellers. I'm not quite sure. Is it the tarot cards? The tarot cards, that's it. Wow. She made her decision based off a tarot card reading via Skype. Oh, my God. Yeah. And she's just living a brilliant life here now. Just wow. successful at work. Yeah, and Lovely this is partner. Net- Nettie's not a no. hippie. No, not a hippie. Yeah, she's no, a very, very bright, well-educated, yeah. just kicks wow. goals. 
And yeah, so wow. it's, you know, not to be sneezed at. Okay. I, I might look into it. You should come round sometime. Okay. We'll get her round and we'll have an Irish toddy. And What's an Irish know. toddy? Is it my, no, a hot toddy. Oh, okay. Oh, hot toddy. Well, <laughs> um, actually, I think this is a good triathlon tip for anyone training in cooler climates and it is approaching winter here in Melbourne and ah, the southern states. So a hot toddy <laughs> is it's whiskey, tea and lemon juice. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, why not knock yourself out out or <laughs> yeah knock up one of those yeah right for um when you return from a cold morning's ride in winter okay yep. very interesting i've had one before you know i think yeah, right early on when we lived together yeah i came back from a ride and she's very caring and she had some oatmeal on the stove wow and a hot toddy in hand Far out. I mean, I was boozed by noon, but it doesn't matter. I was warm and quite merry. Have a nice little nap. Perfect. And a little nap. Well, sleeping's the best form of recovery. It is. So, so, wow. Learning a lot about, well, Nettie, I guess. Um, and you've clearly learned a lot from her. Oh, I have, yeah. She, um, <laughs> she taught me a lot. She taught me that uh, spending four and a half hours running a marathon is a really oh, long yeah. time. I. So for those of you out there who don't know, um, Bella went to the New York Marathon with Nettie and your sister last yeah, year? Yeah, my sister and a couple of other friends. Yeah. Um, and the the New York Marathon was never like, like a goal for you. Your goal was to spend time with your friend and be with her every step of the way, which is incredible as a professional triathlete to completely shut off your own um, fitness goals and, and whatnot. Can you tell us a little bit, a little bit more about it? Yeah, it was one of um, my favourite race experiences and quite different because I didn't have goals for myself. But, um, you know, Nettie originally I wouldn't have, you know, she probably wouldn't have described herself as a runner, but one of the most determined people I know. And, um, yeah, we sort of decided that we would run a marathon together every five years and it was the inaugural one last year. And, yeah, I just, I was out there to run with her and help her get to the finish line. Wow, that's so, so cool. So it took us about four and a half hours and, yeah, she was a real trooper. I mean, I didn't know that you could run for that long. Yeah. And previously, <laughs> you know, my marathons in Ironman have not been anything to rave about. I think it's sort of anywhere between 3.20 and 3.30 and I thought that was a really long time. Um, so four and a half hours. But, yeah, I loved every minute of it and what better place to run a marathon than New York City. Absolutely. So where's the next one going to be, do you know? know that uh yeah i'm not sure and we don't know if we'll run it together every year yeah i think we just um made the plan and hopefully we can keep it that no matter what we're doing in our lives or where we're living or who we're with that uh yeah we'll try and get together and meet up to do a marathon every five years and that's i think for me that's the nicest thing about sport really at yeah. the end of the day it does bring you together and so many great friendships um yeah, either forged through sport or helps have maintained with sport. I love that. That's so unreal. What a cool story! All right, we're gonna we're gonna move on because okay, I talked let's about move on. before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> enough about me. <Nettie. laughs> she is lovely. Um, doesn't know how to pour a shot of gin though. Doesn't oh, give you the good gin. Just a sore loser, aren't you, Steph? <laughs> we've spoken way too much about alcohol. Do you want to drop any sponsors' names in there while we're talking about alcohol? Uh, I'm very lucky to have the support of celebrations. (laughs) 
So Bella and I have clearly covered some pretty hot topics already, but the second part of this episode goes even deeper. And I'm talking clumsiness, tree climbing, wombats and weather channel watching deep kind of conversation. We start off this second part taking a look at Twitter and more to the point, Bella's Twitter. I think you're hilarious. And I was just scrolling back through some of your tweets over the last 12 months. A lot of them um, speak about how you're clumsy. Um, one of the things was dropping an entire bottle of red, red wine on cream carpet. And then at Christmas time, you dropped the Christmas tart or whatever it was the, that you made from scratch. Yes. Talk us through, has this been something that you've had to deal with your entire life, the clumsiness? Yes, I've struggled with coordination from a young age. <laughs> um, you know, I tried hard to, to beat it, to get coordination. I yeah. got involved in gymnastics and ballet and all that jazz just haven't been able to beat clumsiness. So, yeah, the time I dropped that bottle of, I mean, spilt the bottle of red wine recently all over cream carpet, I wasn't even drinking. I just, you know, had two bottles and clicked the ends together and that was the end of that. Oh, was yeah. that at home? Someone else's house? Oh, it was at home. Okay. Yes. Renting though, hey. Renting and Ouch. I you sort of did a home remedy over the, the carpet spot and then, that didn't look that great, so I just like got a like throw rug and decided to cover it up. <laughs> was the home re- remedy a, a, a Google search or a, a call to mum? Yeah, I combined different recommendations from okay. Google into one super remedy. Excellent, which didn't pan out so great. No, I mean, it actually, I was pretty surprised. I mean, a whole bottle, and it was a big bottle because they were just going to be used for cooking. Oh, it's, okay. So it's... I think it did a pretty tremendous job, but right. I wasn't quite happy with the effects. So then I thought I'd combine sort of interior decorating with cover-up, hence the, <laughs> you know, South American um, fair trade rug that's now outside the bathroom. <laughs> what were you doing with red wine outside the bathroom? Well, storing it in the linen press. Okay. Okay. Fair call. Um, now back to your Twitter profile. Your profile says, actually, we're going to go through each one. You've probably forgotten what you've got written on there. Okay. And let's let's just see where this where this takes us. But your your first thing on your Twitter profile is that you're a train, tree climber. Now, I'd like to know the last tree that you climbed and your favourite tree that you've ever climbed. The last tree? It probably isn't for a couple of years. I don't know. Maybe I should actually um, update. I love that it was actually only a couple of years ago, not when you were 12. Twitter That's... profile. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely do love tree climbing. Um my favourite tree would have to have been one in my garden when I was a kid growing up in Brisbane. It yep. was a giant um, lily pilly tree and oh. my dad had put a tree house in it when I was quite young. Oh, so, cool. yeah, I loved that. And also I spent a lot of time as a kid in New Farm Park for anyone who's familiar with Brisbane, have big um, Morton Bay figs with branches that just delight kids everywhere for climbing. Yeah. So, and then... Yeah, I was definitely up a tree a couple of years ago. Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I should update it, but I feel like I am a tree climber at heart, and it's something that I'll probably go back to. Well, now that you're not working at now, maybe you've got a bit of time. I've got for tree a bit more activities. time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Next, next thing, sweet tooth, and I've seen your sweet tooth in action. But what is your um, choice of sweetness? I do love lollies. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they're so bad for your teeth. Oh, and I love juice. I love all juice. baked goods. Yeah, juice. Yeah, right. But, I mean, yeah, juice is something that I feel like that's a, a bit of a 
addiction that I have to work really hard at controlling because juice isn't great for running. Mm. It's not good for your tummy. A lot of fiber in juice. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so I drink more juice in the off season. Okay. I'm going to throw you under the bus here. Can you talk us through the cravings that you had after a ride? You were tired. You've gone to the local supermarket. You may oh, or may not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cherry Ripe Gate. <laughs> can yeah. You, can I, you, I, or are you, you know, have you signed something where you're not allowed to talk about it no, in public? No, no, no. Everyone, I'm a shoplifter. <laughs> um, yeah, so I did. I'd finished a ride and I was a bit mindless and I was in the supermarket and who doesn't sort of, um, sort of eat while they're shopping. It was also Mother's Day, so I was on the phone to mum having yeah, right. a good old chat and anyone who knows Margie, Margie's always up for a chat. So I think <laughs> I'd been in Coles at Port Melbourne for about 40 minutes at this stage and I decided that I might have some chocolate milk. So I'd polish that off and then I was, you know, eventually I'll always end up in the confectionery aisle and I thought, cherry ripes, they're a dollar. I'm going to grab one of those. So I had that and then, you know, I got to the checkout and swiped the, the milk. I had the milk container still in the trolley. Yeah. Always sort of paying for everything. And, and don't get me wrong, I don't eat sort of the whole store whilst I'm shopping. It's not all the time. And anyway, so I swipe the milk bottle and then I get outside <laughs> and there's two men just immediately either side of me. And I'm thinking, oh, what's going on here? And yeah, I really didn't know. I certainly didn't think it was me. And then they... Asked to look at my bags and at my docket, and then they reach in and fetch the uh, the empty milk container. They unscrew the top, and there's the cherry ripe wrapper inside. <laughs> now, I generally I often put sort of rubbish into empty containers. I like to clean up after myself. But as I'd swiped it through, I'd forgotten it was in there. So yes, I had stolen a cherry ripe from Coles, definitely by accident, but still theft. I tried to explain this to them anyway. I got hauled down the back of the store. Had to sit on a milk crate where they deliver the, <laughs> I don't know, all the fruit and vegetables that come in and had to sign a form and say that I took it and they took my photograph and, you know. I, I they got your photograph. I got my <laughs> photograph, so I guess I'm known. I did not get a criminal record. It was not charged. It was a warning, but it was okay. incredibly embarrassing. <laughs> and especially then I sort of, it thrown me the whole thing and I rang mum and told her and I'm like, sorry to do this to you. I know it's Mother's Day, but. I'm a shoplifter. <laughs> I think it's one of my favourite stories of yours. Sorry to throw you under the bus. Ah, you know, if I can help anyone out there, just <laughs> be mindful. Be mindful if you're eating in the supermarket. Make sure. I know every all of these listeners, you're all honest people, but just yeah. don't forget to pay for something. Yeah. We are learning so much from you. Top tips. Okay, next one. Road trip fan. Yeah, I love a road trip. Uh, when I was much younger, uh, I mean, I grew up in Brisbane, as I mentioned earlier, and most of my extended family is in Sydney. Mm-hmm. And also I wasn't from a family that was uh, incredibly wealthy or anything. So, yeah, most of our trips back to Sydney would be uh, car trips. Yeah. And, you know, I had a lot of not just trips to Sydney, but uh, my mum was really – I guess she grew up with car trips and it was important to her to show us a lot of Australia and she's a teacher so most of the car trips were very educational (laughs) from explaining what Patterson's Curse was, that sort of violet looking noxious weed that you might see in South Australia or Victoria to explaining to me why Mount Warning was called Mount Warning. Mount Warning is called Mount Warning for anyone who would like to know (laughs) because when Captain Cook was sailing 
uh, approaching Australia, he saw um, the distinctive look of Mount Warning, which is clearly, uh, to anyone in the know, uh, an extinct volcano. So he knew that because it was volcanic, there'd be volcanic rocks off the coast, which for those people familiar with northern New South Wales, Gold Coast, the black rocks that you'll see at Burley and at Byron. So yeah. he warned him that there would be rocks. Whoa. So anyway, road trips. Wow. Did a lot as a kid. I guess there's a real sense of adventure. And yeah, I love them. I've done a lot all road tripped around most of Europe. Um, yeah. A lot of all down the east coast of the US, the west coast of the US. Yeah. A lot through South Africa. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, I don't know. There's a real sense of sort of freedom and adventure and that's why I love them. I agree. And with most road trips, I know you're a massive music lover. So road trips, there's got to be a lot of music on road trips. Do you have a, do you have a go-to? No, not really. Um, I mean, it is kind of cool, I guess, if you're in different countries to just see what's on the radio station. Yeah. Um, so I do try and do that. But then, you know, classics, Crowd of the House, Fleetwood yeah. Mac, even a bit of The Voice. The um, Voice, oh, Johnny. Get the, get the voice on, Johnny. Yeah. Um, the boss. Yeah. Yeah, and then obviously some more modern day stuff. But I think those old classics are pretty good for car trips. And are you a crank the music up, sing at the top of your lungs, doesn't matter who's in the car type of person, or you just you stay under the decibel that the music's at so no one can actually hear your voice? I do turn it up pretty loud. Yeah. <laughs> I have a terrible singing voice, so... I don't sing along too much, but uh, it depends. I mean, yeah, if I'm on my own, I have it pretty loud. Yeah. I've got um, a theory that if you yell it, so you just yell as loud as you want, then no one can actually accuse you of trying to sound like you're in tune. So you just yell and who cares? Yeah, that's good. I might try that. Yeah, you should. Because, yeah, I, I'm a notoriously bad singer, so I kind of would like to rid myself of, um, yeah, that stigma. It's kind of... It's kind of that whole – so my mum used to own a pub in Hobart and it was a karaoke bar Friday, Saturday night. So I've heard some dreadful singing. <laughs> um, and then every now and then they drag us up there. And I, I cannot sing um, and hate my voice as well. And um, So, yeah, my whole thing was just yell as loud as you can, take the piss out of yourself before anyone else does because then they've got nothing. Yeah, and I think that's actually, you know, if we want to get all sort of – metaphorical i think that's actually the best attitude to have in life yeah you know if you can take the piss out of yourself and see the funny side of things life is a whole lot easier i, I agree absolutely it's deep really well deep. sometimes i can be deep most <laughs> of the time not so much <laughs> uh okay mo- moving along let's head we'll, we'll skip over pro, pro triathlete the next one is weather channel watcher yeah i love the weather uh, I've loved it even more since moving to Melbourne because yeah. it's just, oh, the worst weather in the world. Oh, come on. Yeah, I know, I know. I should <laughs> just look for the brighter side, but it's not very bright in Melbourne that often. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just something about the weather channel, like the weather maps. Um, I find weather readers pretty, yeah, they're always funny, aren't they? Just to usually sit back and critique. Yeah. Um, you know, you pick the... The real, the real weather people from the show just, pony ones, just the show yeah. pony ones, yeah. and yeah, I don't know why I really like the weather. I just, yeah, I do. And, and it's more of a TV thing than listening to them, or you're okay um, listening to them on the radio? Well, as I well? don't, I don't have Foxtel, so I don't have the Weather Channel anymore. You know, that was a thing of living in the US, or when you go <laughs> home and 
visit mum, watch their pay TV. Um, I do tune in though whenever I'm in a hotel that has cable TV. We'll always flick between the Weather Channel, E News. Oh I, yeah, guilty pleasure type com- of thing. Yeah, yeah, complete trash. It's yeah. always good to, you know, be able to watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians and then get a rundown on E, e- News about what yeah. happened in Keeping Up with the Kardashians Brilliant. in case you can't keep up. And also then a little bit of BBC News because you know, I should should stay informed. Yeah. Uh, now I just weather apps mostly. Yeah, right. So maybe I should update my Twitter profile to weather app lover. Yeah, yeah. Think about it. Yeah. yeah. I actually I, saw, I, had, I didn't read it, but I saw an article the other day about um, it said something along the lines that intelligent women love trashy TV. It's their guilty pleasure. Yeah. But they're onto uh, something. Maybe. I just think anyone needs, you know, it, it, I do definitely enjoy um, tuning into, if you want to call it intelligent or um, commentary from, you know, well-educated experts in the fields of a lot of different things, just like I enjoy um, reading sort of literary masterpieces. But at the same time, I mean, I guess the joy of, I can't remember the quote, um, I, don't, I can't remember who said it, but you know, people sort of judge books and I guess the written word all the time for, you know, do they meet up to this standard or that standard? But at the end of the day, those things were originally written to, yeah, transport us to another place and give yeah. us entertainment. And so, you know, if a trashy book or trashy TV show does that for you, I think that's great. I agree. I'm a Bachelor fan. Really? Yeah. Everyone's surprised by that. Yeah. I love it. I've I'm never got into that, but it's sort of like, yeah, whatever whatever tickles your fancy. Yeah. I love it. It's a massive train wreck. It's awesome. Okay. Uh, two more things. Likes marsupials. Yeah. I guess that's just being a little bit, um, <laughs> you know, I love all things Australiana. Yeah, right. patriotic. Yeah. Uh, I definitely do like marsupials. I mean, think of the fantastic marsupials. Possums. Uh, is a wombat a marsupial? Let's go with yes. What makes actually? A well, I don't know the exact definition of marsupial. Is that the one that's no? Uh, they mammals. Nocturnal. Marsupials are mammals. I don't know if they have. Maybe it's they have to have a pouch. Oh, yeah, yeah. If they have to have a pouch. So yeah, yeah. And then the platypus is the one that stuffs it up for everyone because it's such a mixed. Yeah, I feel like the bag. I feel like the platypus is. I don't know. Where's Bindi Irwin when you need her? Yeah. <laughs> So I, I probably for someone who's saying loves marsupials, I should be a little bit more informed about them. So I might, I might do that actually on my third day tomorrow of not being okay. in at the office in you know investigate marsupials. Get back to us further. That'd be great. Thank you. Do you have a favourite marsupial? Well, I was going to say the wombat, but now I'm unsure if the wombat even is a marsupial. Okay. Get back to us. Yeah, I'll get back to you about that. I think our listeners are dying to know the answer. <laughs> Uh, last thing, you dislike monkeys. Oh, incredibly. What, what was it a Donkey Kong freak gaming accident when you were younger? or No, I actually really enjoyed Donkey Kong on the Game Boy. Yeah, I was right. just saying the other day I wondered where my old Game Boy was. I wouldn't mind sort of <laughs> playing a little bit of that sometimes just to switch off. And you want to go old, like old school Game oh, Boy, Old original. school Game Boy, no yeah. colour. No. Yeah, yeah, maybe just sort of some Tetris, some Donkey Kong. Yeah. Yeah, they're your classics. I think so, yeah. I don't think I ever got to the top level in Donkey Kong, so, yeah, I should go back and master that. Ah, uh, the monkeys. No, I saw, um, 
I think the first time I really disliked them was in Bali. Everyone who's been to Bali has been to Ubud and there's a place called the Monkey Forest and oh, I guess some poor Japanese woman had a bunch of, uh, yeah, it, well, just this monkey forest. It's, it's called Monkey Forest because it's full of monkeys and she had <laughs> uh, bananas in her backpack now. Just terrible, terrible idea. Anyway, she, um, she got attacked oh. by a bunch of monkeys. She was down in the fetal position with about three or four monkeys and not small monkeys, like really? quite sizable and her poor partner was just sort of standing off and he was helpless. I mean, I was helpless. I was certainly not going to intervene with the monkeys and oh, he wow. was screaming and she was screaming and I really didn't like this. Shit. And then I just sort of started watching the monkeys interact a little bit more and oh they're just they're quite aggressive really. Yeah, right. Quite aggressive and it's really not your thing. Not my thing and then, you know, I've travelled to yeah, South Africa a couple of times and the baboons there with their just big teeth and they're yeah. aggressive and yeah, yeah, I don't like the monkeys. Okay. I've tried, I've looked at the different species. Actually, the one exception, I guess, so I'm saying monkeys, I'm not ruling out all primates because the orangutans and yeah. the, um, I think they're silverback gorillas, they're, I mean, they're spectacular. Yeah. 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 So I appreciate them. Yeah. And most forms of primates, yeah, not into them. Not so much. Do you know that some races in Asia where uh, there's certain parts on the bike and the run where you're not allowed to get food out of your pockets or anything because... Yeah, actually, I was all... told that, I think it's happened in, oh, maybe the, is it Langkawi? I can't remember. In Malaysia, where there's an Iron Man, but also um, there are monkeys on the side of ro- the road at Iron Man, South Africa, which I did last year. Oh right. Yeah. So, um, I you oh, know geez. I worked hard on those sections of the bike where I knew there would be monkeys. Just yeah. Did not want to um, meet one of them or have them steal my food. Well, I think that's a fair fair reason for not liking them. That's, yeah. Yeah. I like that's okay. Um, now I want to circle back to. Just talking about your your mum, you spoke about her earlier. She's a is a teacher or was a teacher. She is a teacher. She's a teacher. She's been teaching for many years. She may retire this year, actually. Yeah, right. So I yeah, hope she does. She's worked hard for a long time. Yeah, she raised my sister and I on her own. Yeah. So yep, she's a teacher. So so growing up, um, I assume she was a teacher while you're growing up. As yeah, well. she worked full time. Yep, yeah. raising both my sister and I, and we were both heavily Impressive. involved in a bunch of different sports and extracurricular activities. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's about time for her to have a rest. Marg's to, Margie to... Yeah, Margie yeah, to... chill out. Yeah, chill out. Yeah. And what was it like growing up with a teacher as a, as a mum? Were you guys at the same school or different schools? Um, I attended a school that she taught at for a while. Yeah. She um, I was in high school for maybe the first two or three years of high school. Yeah. Uh, and that was, that, yeah, that was challenging, I guess... Just because uh, anyone who's the sort of child of a teacher, they probably mm. experience the same thing that I guess they expect you to um, set a, a good example and even uh, they probably expect even a higher example at times. Yeah. But I was always forgetting blazers and hats and um, <laughs> you're running late. So... You know, there'd be times where she'd be like, I just can't wait and she'd drive to school and like I'd – we only lived a couple of k's away at that point but yeah. I'd then have to walk and because I was running late, didn't have time to walk so I'd end up sort of running and <laughs> in, growing up in Queensland it was hot and we had in winter a ridiculous uniform 
was a woolen long, like almost down to your ankles, woolen green tunic with a white buttoned up shirt underneath and black stockings. So I would just like routinely not run to school in the stockings and, you know, wasn't wearing the blazer and the hat and uh, so always getting detentions for not wearing the uniform. I think she even gave me a detention once. Brilliant. That was awkward, but I think it was meant to teach me a lesson, but I'm still much the same. I'm yeah. always running late and I'm always forgetting things. <laughs> yeah. I, when I was younger, my mum uh, was our netball coach for a little while and she was so hard on me for what you said to set an example for mm. everyone else. Yeah, no, it, they, they don't want the teacher to think, you know, oh, they're taking it easy on yeah. their child. So you end up actually having to, yeah, set an even better example than most of the other kids. Yeah. And and what about your dad? He's, from what I hear, he's a pretty fit kind of guy. Is he is he the one that got you into sport or was it your mum or? Um, I'd say my mum actually got us into sport more than my dad. But yeah, yeah my dad, uh, he was an Olympic rower. So yeah, right. he's super fit. He still rows a lot. And I mean, he, he um, I think he taught my sister and me to ride bikes and we'd sort of routinely go out for rides with him when we were younger and um, he's pretty intense on his own sport. So he's yeah. definitely more focused on that than us. I just sort of remember at times sort of going out for a ride with him along bike paths and literally my sister and I would be time trialing behind him to keep up because he wanted to get a workout. <laughs> oh, my God. So, at what age was this? Oh, I don't know, maybe 10. Oh, my God. So TT training started early for us. Yeah, a little bit. No, not really. Um <laughs> But yeah, I guess, um, you know, my mum, while she wasn't an elite athlete like my dad, she sort of had always been, she'd swum since a young age and yeah. um, I'm an asthmatic and so she got me into swimming just because, yeah, you know, right. swimming is good for asthmatics and yeah, we did a variety of stuff, ballet, gymnastics. Yeah. Uh, I think I did a fun run with her that I begged to do with her when I was seven, a 5k fun run. And Jeez. I guess... Yeah, I think I ran, apparently I dropped mum, so <laughs> sorry about that mum. I think I ran 25 minutes for 5K when I was seven. Oh my God. So I guess I was just naturally a fairly aerobic kid and liked yeah. to run and was better at that than anything else. Yeah. So that's how I really then got into cross country and track in high school and yeah. Just kept going. Kept going. Is running still your favourite out of the three, would you say, out of the swim, bike, run? Um. It is my favourite and it isn't. I was probably most naturally talented at yeah. running than the others. I just got incredibly injured uh, sort of late teens, early 20s. Yeah. And then never, and I guess sort of battled injuries throughout my ITU career. So never really got that, those sort of miles and that base. Yeah. And so running is always a bit frustrating for me because I know what times I used to be able to run as a kid. And whilst they're just vastly different to even what sort of running I have to do now, I guess I know that I did sort of have natural ability to run and just not having been able to do the work over the years. Yeah. And whilst talent is, yeah, it does mean a lot, um, being able to just consistently do work means as much, especially for something like half Ironman and Ironman. Yeah, And that's probably where... I'm limited and for some athletes that's a real talent that they have just such a sturdy body to be able to week in week out do yeah big miles or not even big miles but just sort of not struggle with injuries and unfortunately I haven't had a body that's yeah allowed me to do that yeah right um and then lastly in your I guess your immediate family Laura your sister you're super close with 
Yeah, I'm really close with Laura. Um, she lives in Brisbane, so it's a shame we're, I guess, not, um, yeah, we don't live closer to each other um, yeah. at the moment. But, um, yeah, she's a really talented athlete uh, herself. I'd say probably more talented than I am. Wow. She just... Um, she was born with hip dysplasia as a kid and wasn't picked up. So then when she was about 20, she was having major problems and had, um, yeah, big hip surgery, which she was told she'd never run again. She does run these oh. days, but it just meant that she um, couldn't do sort of, I guess, sport to the level that she would have liked. But, yeah, she's she's very focused on education and her career. Um, I never thought she'd be so ambitious, but <laughs> she is. I certainly wouldn't want to have to meet her in the workplace. Yeah, right. But uh, it's really nice that whenever I'm home or she's down visiting or wherever we are, holiday in the world, we'll always head out for a jog together or a ride. And yeah, yeah like I said earlier about sort of uh, running that marathon with my friend Nettie, that is the one of the nicest things about sport. And when you can share that with, yeah, sibling, that's sort of something that you'll have forever. And it's it's so nice that you can that that other person knows you so well that you might head out for a few hours and they'll just know if you don't want to talk. Yeah, right. And that's okay. Yeah. It's so nice to hear a professional triathlete talking about their, their just their love for the sport or not just triathlon specifically, but doing the runs and things like that. Um, because I understand that being a professional triathlete, it is your job, but it's really nice to hear that you're still quite passionate about what you do. Yeah, I think it's just if you remind yourself why you started. Yeah. And so it, I think all of us, I'm certainly um you know not all sort of I'm not deep about sport all the time and it's very easy to get jaded but I think if you just remind yourself why you started yeah and it's really because as a kid you just loved being out there and I was reminded of that again this morning when I finished running and it's now autumn in Melbourne and everyone knows those sort of crisp mornings there wasn't yeah. sort of a breath of wind and I was along the Yarra and just sort of took it in and thought yeah this is a pretty special way to start the day yeah, it was magic out there today. It was. Uh, last question because I can um, – I, I sense Brett <laughs> trying to shove food in our faces um, and the smell of garlic in here is Yeah, what's intense. he cooking? Um, I think it's a surprise. Oh. I think it might be like a modern take on um, mac and cheese but like a deconstructed – I don't know. Oh, modern takes on anything. They're my favourite. Uh, except for Rome. Good. I like what you did there. Good. <laughs> I've got one one last question for you. I, I'd really like to hear what um, what WITSAP and Women in Triathlon means to you. Yeah. Um, well, I guess they're two different things. Firstly, women in triathlon, women in sport. Um, that means that means everything. Um, I mean, women still. Women have. I'm not going to get all sort of feminist here, or sort of you know burn my bra uh, <laughs> on this podcast but you know women have come a long way but this yeah. it's still not always equal so um, sort of seeing women out there achieving great things and combining that with busy lives which so many of them are um, you know that's always pretty special I mean I know men are doing exactly the same thing but I guess it's much more um, yeah there are less barriers for women to do it these days so Whilst I know I said I made the choice to not be at NAB anymore, it was fantastic and I still feel so grateful that I've had the opportunity to do both and the support of a lot of people doing. And so, yeah, what's up? I mean, what's up's promoting that and part of, I guess, women sort of getting to the place where there is total equality, if it ever gets to that, is 
having people champion us at times. So, yeah, wits up and any other sort of organisation that's out there to promote what we're doing. Um, yeah, incredibly important. I love the word opportunity. I think that's key, Kate. It is. It is about sort of opportunities and um, there are more and more of them and um, sort of just being able to grab them and go with them is, yeah, it's, it's a really special thing. And I've, I mean, I feel really fortunate that I've never, I've never felt unequal to mm -hmm. male counterparts in any sport or educational pursuit that I've done. So, yeah, I, but I know, um, you know, a lot, most women, well, not most women, but there are a lot of women around the world um, that don't have the same opportunities as me. So yeah. just reminding myself that I do have that, but still always pushing for more. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel the same. I don't feel like I've ever personally felt like there's been any prejudice against me. I've always felt very comfortable in any environment, um, whether it be a male-dominated environment or whatever. But I, like you say, I think it's important for us to all, whether we've felt that or not, but for us all to be pushing for that equality across the board. Yeah, and it is. It's about equality and it's not just a gender issue at times. No. It's, it's equality. Yeah, full stop. I love it. Hey, thanks so much. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad to be your third guest. Yeah, never mind those other two before me. They're rubbish. Rubbish. Shit personalities, average athletes at best. But I'm sure they'll be good mums. <laughs> and we'll leave it there. <laughs> a big thanks to Bella for joining us to Chef Freddie for catering this evening's podcast and to Henry who only barked once throughout the entire show we will be skipping next Friday as it's Good Friday and I'll be spending the weekend down the Mornington Peninsula with friends eating hot cross buns and then swimming, riding and running off those extra calories until next time keep yourselves knee deep in awesomeness